Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Sylvia F., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from San Francisco Bay. Today is Tuesday, February 27th, and this is the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today, we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 31. We're on the first paragraph that starts with, despite all we can say, we're going to read through two paragraphs, ending with, increase the list ad infinitum. Today's readers are Tracy B. on the 12 Steps, Reggie O. on the 12 Traditions, and the readers of the text are John K., Leslie W., and Sherry K.B. And we have a newcomer greeter at 10 minutes to the hour, so stick around after the recording's done, and you can, newcomers can announce themselves and sponsors and announcements. The reference number for Monday, the 10 a.m. meeting, is uh, Eastern time is 11,100. And the share ID for Tuesday, this morning's 7 a.m. meeting Eastern time is 11,101, 11,101. The OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Tracy V to read the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Hi, this is Tracy V, Recovering Compulsive Overeater. Um, step one, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol and that our lives became, became unmanageable. Two, came to believe in a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all of these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry the message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Tracy B. I will now ask Reggie O. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Reggie O., gratefully recovered in the Los Angeles area. One, 
Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest money of less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Pass. Thank you, Reggie O. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute, once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page uh, 31. We're on the first paragraph, despite all we can say, and we will read through two paragraphs, ending with increase the list ad infinitum. And I will ask John Kay to begin our reading. Thanks, Sylvia. This is John Kieran, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Los Angeles. Thanks to Team Tuesday. Despite all we can say, many who are real alcoholics are not going to believe that they are in this class. By every form of self-deception and experimentation, they will try to prove to themselves exceptions to the rule, therefore non-alcoholic. If anyone who is showing inability to control his drinking can do the right about face and drink like a gentleman, our hats are off to him. Heaven knows we've tried hard enough and long enough to drink like other people. Here are some of the methods we've tried. Drinking beer only, limiting the number of drinks, never drinking alone, never drinking in the morning, drinking only at home, never having it in the house, and never drinking during business hours, drinking only at parties, switching from scotch to brandy, drinking only natural wines, agreeing to resign if ever drunk on the job, taking a trip, not taking a trip, swearing off forever with or without a solemn oath, 
taking more physical exercise, reading inspirational books, going to health farms and sanitariums, accepting voluntary commitment to asylums, we could increase the list ad infinitum. <laughs> oh, this list always cracks me up. Um, it, it, I can tell you a quick story. I, I've been at many meetings where we read more about alcoholism at the beginning, and, and we read, you know, the first part of this chapter, and almost every one of them I know stops with, you know, the science may one day do so, but it hasn't done so yet. But there's a meeting down south of me in Orange County, California, that went further. Uh, they went to the end of this, except when they got to this paragraph, they listed the things they had tried. You know, we tried eating sugar, but not wheat. We tried eating wheat, but not sugar. You know, uh, and it just thought it was very funny. You know, for me, that list, uh, when it came to food, didn't tend to be very big in terms of jumping back and forth. Uh, one, uh, an occasional thing, like uh, where it said not having it in the home, having it in the home. Yeah, that was definitely one of mine. But uh, mostly continually trying to find a way to eat the certain foods I couldn't eat over and over, which is essentially what they're saying here. You know, I would eat something for a while and then tell myself, i got to stop, okay? Or then I would decide, uh, uh, let me see if I can handle this again. And I would have the food, and then I wouldn't have it again for a month. And see, look at this, I can handle this now. And then I would have it again in three weeks. <laughs> and then I would have it again in two weeks. And then I'd have it again, and you know where the story goes. It just eventually, it always comes back, and it's so hard. And, and the reason it's so hard is by that, because of that great line that I just read, by every form of self-deception and experimentation, they will try to prove themselves exceptions to the rule. And, you know, I, in recent years, I've come to understand my disease and how it preys on me. I, I don't like to think of it anymore as self-deception. I like to think of it as disease deception. You know, I've identified over the years a set of symptoms that make up compulsive eating for me and this disease deception is actually one of the worst. I have a disease just like cancer. The problem is I have a cognitive disease, so you can't take an x-ray of it and see it, but there are recognizable symptoms, just like other diseases of the brain, like epilepsy and schizophrenia. And now, actually, they can see pictures of addiction in brain scans. But the thing that makes our disease so much tougher than cancer in some respects is that cancer doesn't have an aspect to it that tries to convince the person that they don't have cancer. They don't need chemotherapy. That's what my disease does. The voice of my disease is constantly whispering in my ear. You know, and the problem was, is that that voice sounds like all the other thoughts in my head, which makes it hard to, to recognize. You know, I, I always said if it sounded like Darth Vader, you know, John, go eat, then I would be like, wow, okay, I get it. i got to watch out for this. But instead, at those moments of impulse, it, it convinces me to eat, and then it, it convinces me it was I am the one who wanted to eat. No. I wasn't the one. I wouldn't be doing all this work. I wouldn't have been in program. I wouldn't have been going to meetings, having a sponsor if I really wanted to eat. And so for me, I had to learn not to listen to how that disease sounds, and I'll wrap up, but rather what it's saying to me. I have to remember that that voice to go eat is not me. It's my disease, and it's hard. It's very hard. And with that, I pass. Thank you, John Kay. Okay, we're on page 31. We're on the first and second graph, despite all we can say. And we're going to read through increased list ad infinitum. Who would like to share? Mindy R. Mindy R. Wendy B. Ashley B. Wendy B. Wendy B. Jen Ashley A. B. Uh, uh, Jenna A. Yes. Yep. 
L E F. Lois. Uh, I I think it was L E F. And then right. Who who and who was out after that? Lois C. Lois B. Okay. That sounds like Kathy Joe P. Okay, gotcha, Kathy Joe. Okay, Mindy R, Wendy B, Ashley P, Jen A, Ellie F, Lois B, Kathy Joe P. If I have your uh, initial wrong on your name, just correct me when you start. So Mindy R followed by Wendy B. Hi, um, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, thanks. My name is Mindy and I am calling from outside of um, Philadelphia. I'm a recovering food addict and um, compulsive overeater. Uh, love this paragraph. Um, I also had the same experience at one time where we changed everything from from the book to my our binge foods. And man, was that list long? It was way longer than what they talk about. Um, and I, um, it just whenever we read it, I we in a meeting face to face, we always chuckle and laugh because it's like yeah like we get it you know we all get it and um been there done that and all the things that that I've done to hurt my body and I've done to try to fake my brain out and because that's what my disease is it's all it's all it's a chemical imbalance in my brain and yes it is uh diagnostically shown now on on MRIs and CAT scans that we do have a gene in our body and there is something in the brain when we ingest sugar it definitely um i've seen it i've seen it myself so um that makes me feel really good um what i really i just have to say is because i'm a very rigorously honest person i really 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 it just it just upsets me when people compare cancer to our disease. I compare it to more like maybe diabetes, um, long-term uh, diagnosis of heart, uh, maybe heart disease, uh, cholesterol, high cholesterol um, that can kill me. Um, you know, for me, it's my issue. I get it. Um, I I'll take it up with my 10-step inventory today. But I guess it's because um, you know I had a daughter that died of cancer, and she. She died within three years, and she didn't want it. She didn't ask for it, you know. So it's really hard to compare it to cancer. Um, cancer just eats your body alive within days. It could be three, six years, you know. So that's my beef about the cancer, you know, thing. So it's more to me like maybe diabetes, heart disease, cholesterol disease, high cholesterol, I mean high triglycerides, heart disease, um, you know things like that, um, and it's a body. It's it's a disease of the body and the mind and the spirit that we have, and um, and I have it, and I have it, and I it's it's in my family, so I can relate to everything that we always read about, and I'm always grateful for these meetings because they are saving my life. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Mindy R. Wendy B. Followed by Ashley P. This is Wendy B. in Arizona, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And um, I looked up self-deception, you know, to see what the definition was, and it says it's the action or practice of allowing oneself to believe that a false or un- unvalidated feeling 
or situation is true. And I wanted so badly, you know, to believe the lie, you know, that I could be a normal eater. You know, I could just watch how a normal eater ate and copy their behavior, you know, and time and time again, I proved I couldn't, you know, but I I hung on to that belief until I hit bottom, you know, and I faced the truth of my defeat and I surrendered. You know, I I got to replace the lies I had clung to with the truth and God restored me to sanity. You know, it was insane to keep believing the lie. And um, I love, I just love the identifying in in this program, you know, identifying with the struggle and the hope for a magic cure and an act of willpower that will finally work. You know, we of all people, you know, can relate and understand that everyone must get to their own jumping off point. And that's all I have. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Wendy B. Ashley P. followed by Jen A. Hi, this is Ashley P. in Northern Cal Recovered in Northern California. Can I be heard? Yes. Okay, great. I'm going to set my timer. Um, yeah, so first of all, um, thank you, everybody, for um, your service, and welcome to the newcomers. And um, I really, really love this this paragraph. Um, when I'm when I'm listening to it being read, and there's kind of almost this um, amused uh, uh, way that we that we read this um, because it's one thing after another, and and I just kind of was chuckling to myself because that's absolutely my experience. I'm just really, really, really stubborn, and um, it basically takes me being completely run over by something before I change anything. And um, that's what happened with this disease. Um, I was thinking about today and, and yesterday about all of the diets, all of the pills, all of the exercise videos, all of the um, chimes trying to go on Weight Watchers. Um, and and I, w- I think I would basically be able to make it till the end of the day on on things like that without eating sugar, and then and then I I always would. Um, and it also makes me think of the the journey in in abstinence because my disease is always going to tell me that um, uh, I if I try it this way, if if I try it that way if I don't have it in the house if I only have it in small packages um, um, all of these like restrictions about different foods and so it's it's helpful for me to understand which foods I need to take a look at and which foods give me trouble if if I'm if I'm trying to work with them a lot or or adjust them a lot Um, for me those are things that end up um, taking up a, a lot of headspace and um, a lot of mental energy that I would really like to spend on other things like giving service and my um, my relationship with my higher power. So um, I really appreciate uh, this paragraph um, for that. And um, I would just like to say to the newcomers, um, this this paragraph also makes me think of how I can just do things differently. What can I do differently this time? Um, and for me, that was working with a sponsor and um, working with steps and 
being willing to listen to direction instead of the voice that said, just try it this way, just try it that way. All of the, all of the things that I've done for, you know, um, 30 years. Um, and yeah, with that, I pass. Thank you, Ashley. Jen A. followed by LES. Good morning, and thank you for your service. My name is Jen A. I'm a compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic recovered in the state of Colorado. Um, I love the experimentation portion um, that they talk about. I'm so good, so good at experimenting. And um, I remember um, in the journey of being a compulsive overeater, and being at um, close to my highest weight, I decided I'm going to experiment and I'm going to get a membership at an MMA gym. And I am going to prove myself, right? Because I'm the exception to the rule. My family, everyone else I, thinks I can't do this, but I think I can. And so I went into this gym and it was one of those gyms that was like totally badass. It was so like um, grimy and gross that I don't even think, I don't remember them even having toilet paper in the bathrooms. That's how disgusting it was. But I was going to go in there every day and I was going to work out with this bad guy and his name was to- Joey Teardrops. And he was going to make the tears fall from my eyes and he was going to make the pounds just drop off my body, right? And the reason I picked him because he was one of those MMA fighters. And if you're familiar with MMA wrestling, um, you know that they get in that ring and they, they go and they go and they go until they what? Until they tap out. Um, tapping out says, I can't do it anymore. And that's what I love that God brought this to me this morning in, in reference to this um, reading is that I was going and going and going. And I, like you, could have the list of things that I did. Um, but finally, when I got to this program um, at age 43, I finally tapped out. And what I tapped into was the most important thing, is um, a program where I could identify in with other compulsive overeaters, other anorexic, other other bulimics on the line, um, and then um, to sit in face-to-face meetings, and then also to hear the recovery on the lines of vision for you. Um, How about the big book that was placed in front of me and the person who sat down with me and opened it and read line by line and we discussed things just like we do on the lines. Um, and then the 12 steps, following them in order um, and in doing so with my higher power. I couldn't leave that out because I did that for 11 months in self-will and it ended me back up in the disease and in the food. So um, when I completed those 12 steps and had this amazing spiritual awakening, right, I had tapped into something that was even bigger and better and more beautiful than anything I could have ever imagined. And today I am living I don't have to tap out ever again um, because I found a program and a solution to life. And um, with that, I pass. Thank you, Jen A. LEF followed by Lois C. Um, Good morning, everybody. Thank you for your service. This is LEF, Recovering Compulsive Reader in Tennessee. Um, Thinking about the voice of the disease in my mind, um, reminds me of yesterday. I was in line checking out from TJ Maxx, and uh, in the long checkout line all around it, there are these little bags of goodies uh, to choose from, right, uh, to get you while you're or to get me <laughs> while I'm waiting and waiting. And I kept I kept hearing in my mind, well. 
maybe he'd like this or maybe let me see if that would work for him. Um, I have a son and I was thinking all through the line, well, you know, what can I get for him? Uh, would he want this with, uh, you know, almonds covered in chocolate and all these kinds of things? And then all of a sudden I realized, why am, why am I thinking about all this stuff? And I realized that that was the voice of this illness in my head because that's exactly what I used to do. I would pick up something for him or a friend and then, of course, eat it on the way home. So, you know, it really wasn't for for them. It was this deceptive voice that was tricking me to to pick up something really that was going to result in my compulsive overeating. And for me to have that thought is a real a real miracle, uh, a blessing and an amazing grace. So I just also want to thank everybody and um I heard the other day someone say, you know, I'm not a normal eater and I am not a normal eater by any stretch of my imagination. And I'm so glad that I can begin to really finally accept that. So um, thank you so much. I pass. Thank you, Ellie F. Lois C., followed by Kathy Jo P. Hi, this is Lois C., a recovered compulsive overeater from Minneapolis. And thank you so much for your service, everyone, and thanks for being on the line. You know, as I was reading along the passage today, the first thought that comes to me is, this is a crazy list. And then my second thought was, I was that crazy person that I had all sorts of rules. Like, I won't binge until I get home tonight. I will I will be good during the work day. Or I can be different today. Or I'm going to do my kale shakes and because I'm going to be nice and full from them, I'm never going to, like, I won't need to have any kind of snack of a sugary snack mid-morning at work. Or um, as long as I'm good Monday through Friday, um, I can have treats on the weekend. Or, like, I was like a hamster on a hamster wheel that could never get off, that I was just running and running and running. And then I would get so fed up and so exhausted that I just could not go on. And then I just gave up entirely. And then after how much time would transpire, I'd be like, oh, I've got to get back on. I have to get back on track. And then I'd get on the hamster wheel again. And this was my life for like 44 years and until I came to program, until I came to a solution to a power greater than myself. And address that I have a twofold illness and I am so delighted today and to live in gratitude today because I no longer have to be on this exhausting hamster wheel with all of these rules that I could never keep even when I set them. Sometimes I would set them in the morning and by 10 a.m. they were already gone and I don't have to live that way anymore. Today I get to live feeling the sunlight of the spirit in my life. I don't have to live with all of these rules. Now, don't get me wrong. I have discipline and I have things that I follow, but it's no longer exhausting 
the rules and the regimen I have set in my life today is actually really freeing. And so I am so grateful for recovery. I'm so grateful for the big book. I'm grateful for all of you for making this meeting possible. And so thank you so much. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lois C. Kathy Joe P. Kathy Joe, star one. I'll give you another second here. Hi, it's Kathy Joe P., a recovered okay. compulsive overeater. And can you hear me? Yes. Oh, sorry, in Minneapolis recovered compulsive overeater. I wanted to believe I had a choice. I feel like it was in the core of me that I'll start on Monday. When I want to lose weight, I'll do this. After the baby, after my birthday. And I literally most days forgot that I cared. I just think that's so important for me to remember because I was so zoned out, I want to say in a drunken stupor, that most days at 303 pounds, eating to oblivion, with food on my shirt as I wandered around the world, I pretended like I didn't care. I didn't care I didn't sit in the airplane seat. I didn't care that I couldn't walk up the hill. And then I would be out there eating only maple syrup, brown rice syrup, organic, fermented, and pretending like I was better than all of you. Um, I have a friend that lives down the block from me, and she's like so active and so gorgeous. And I remember coming to her 50th birthday party, and she was putting frozen broccoli in the microwave. And please, no one thinks that I'm judging you for this because now it works for me. But I said, oh, my gosh, you're using frozen broccoli. It's not organic, and you're putting it in the microwave. And it was her birthday, and I'm lucky I was invited. And she said, KJ, back off. And then when she brought out the cakes, two different kinds, I ate a big piece of both. I can't believe she had patience for me. I made amends to her after the fact when I got abstinent and said, I can't believe you put up with me. And so I had to, like Lois said, get off of that hamster wheel and quit thinking that Monday I'll do it or when I'm ready, I'll do it. And I just went enough is enough. And I praise God that I got there. And I hope that all of you who are still in the food can get that willingness so that you can be free. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy Joe P. We're on page 31. We're reading the first and second paragraph that starts with despite all we can say, ending with increase the list ad infinitum. And who would like to share? Leslie. Gina R. Gina R. Debbie M. Debbie M. Wendy M. Wendy M. Anyone else? Kathy G. Kathy P. Or G. G. Okay. So we've got Leslie, and you can fill in your last initial when you. Um, oops, sorry. 
when you start. And Gina R., Debbie M., Wendy M., Kathy G., that'll probably take us up to the uh, end of the meeting. We'll, we'll see. So Leslie, and give me the last initial of your, the initial of your last name, sorry. Of course, Sylvia. This is Leslie W., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Tennessee. And I love this paragraph because I actually wrote this um, description to um, a compulsive overeater. In terms terms of our our habits and the things that we've done um, with food, I can so easily identify with this paragraph. Um, and I think that a lot of words that are. Leslie, let me interrupt for a second. You're kind of fading in and out. I don't know if you could move to another position and talk. I'm in my car. Is that better? That is way better. Thank you. Go ahead. Okay. I was just on my headset. So thank you. Um, yeah, I can just remember thinking like this is this paragraph so describes me because of the crazy things and this and and the the things I used to do with food. Like, um, maybe turn that down just a little bit, please, for Mama. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I I uh, I have to tell my peanut butter story with this because you know I peanut butter is one of my binge foods and um and so when I was first trying to get abstinent even 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 years after claiming I was abstinent, um, I remember my husband would, would be so, bless his heart, he'd say, I'd, I'd have, you know, I'd say, I can't have any more peanut butter, no more peanut butter in the house, and throw all the peanut butter jars away. And the next day, I'd bring home almond butter. Well, honey, I thought you couldn't have peanut butter. No, 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 babe, this is almond butter. <laughs> um, let me tell you, I tried every kind of peanut butter on the market. We've lost you, Leslie. Okay. I think uh, we've lost Leslie. Let's go on to Gina R. Good morning, Sylvia. This is Gina R., gratefully recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, uh, living in Green Valley, Arizona. Start my timer. Um, uh, Yes, this is. The, the litany of the things here um, and what my guide had me do and what I have my sponsees do um, to go through that list and correlate what we've done um, is very eye-opening. Um, but as this is a, a study group um, and we do relate to what each other has shared, um, I'm actually going to touch on the, the reference to cancer. Um, and I agree with both of the... Um, uh, with John and Mindy B, Mindy, Mindy, I think it was. Um, and I'm someone who actually has experienced that diagnosis. And where this disease took me with that diagnosis, I was not concerned about the cancer um, so much as I was excited that I got a, a prescription that I was going to have to have chemotherapy. And where my mind went was, finally, I will be able to lose the weight. So I had the intersection of both of these diseases. And when I um, told my 
oncologist that that's what I was thinking. I'm like, you know what? I'm, there's a bright side to this chemotherapy. I'm going to finally, you know, lose this weight that, that I want to lose. And he sat there. He had a very uh, pregnant pause. And he said, well, Gina, I'm very sorry to tell you um, that you aren't going to lose weight because the, the type of chemotherapy you're going to have is going to require so many steroids, you're actually going to gain weight. And my heart sunk. And <clears throat> I looked at him and I said, how much? And he said, it could be up to 50 pounds. And he said, but it's going to depend on you. Well, that's all I needed. That was the green light for me to... Um, not only keep eating the way I had, but I amped it up. I amped it up. And this was also while being told to stop eating sugar and refined carbohydrates. I could not do it. I know that I'm uh, the real deal. I am a real compulsive eater, staring down the diagnosis of a cancer. Um, cancer. Uh, I could not do it. And... Um, what I do, do know now is I was able to take certain actions in both of those instances. And today I am what they call no evidence of disease. And also for today with um, my compulsive eating, I am recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. But it's a daily reprieve. I know that I may not have this tomorrow. I leave the results in God's hands, even when I don't like it and when I don't understand it. I've come and learned to accept it. With that, I pass. Thank you, Gina R. Debbie M., followed by Wendy M. Hi, this is Debbie M. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Debbie M., I'm recovered compulsive overeater from Indiana, and thank you for your service today. <clears throat> I've been on all the meetings this morning and grateful to hear all the shares um, about this part of the uh, big book. I love more about alcoholism. Um, so I just wanted to share with a still-suffering compulsive reader because right here it's telling me that despite all I can say, many of you who are real compulsive readers aren't going to believe um, that you're in that class. And I was there for a long time. Um, because I was in Overeaters Anonymous um, from the mid-80s, and I'm 57 years old now. And um, <clears throat> I've only been recovered for the last four months. I had recovery, went through, uh, in 2015, I went through a relapse. And um, by the grace of God, I'm recovered now for about four months um, and helping other people to recover. Um, my story, that's what I can share with you is that I was put on my first diet when I was nine months old. Um, from I was such a fat baby. They put me, I, they took me from whole milk and put me on 2% milk. And I went on my first diet when I was 12 years old. I, I counted calories. I found this little calorie counting book at the grocery store. I think it was 39 cents and I begged my mom for it. I restricted my calories uh, to 800 and 1,000 calories a day at 12 years old. And I've been on every diet imaginable from uh, liquid diet to diet pills and uh, every diet club, the gym, you name it, um, every diet ex exercise book that was out there um, to finally having bariatric surgery at 350 pounds because I had dieted my way up to that weight. To now, what did I do? I 
finally admitted that I had this disease and was willing to pick up the spiritual toolkit that was laid at my feet with a sponsor who helped me work these steps, like my hair was on fire. And this is what I say that you can do it if I can do it, but it requires action. And so what I ask you is the question that is found on page 90 in this big book um, of Alcoholics Anonymous. Do you want to quit for good and will you go to any extreme to do so? What is any extreme? Well, any extreme is putting your binge foods down, being honest about what they are, putting them down for at least 48 hours so that your mind can be clear and you can start working the steps from this book. You can read the doctor's opinion. You can understand what is the allergy of the body and the twist of the mind. You can understand what this disease is. Um, and you don't have to hit the lowest of lows to do that. You can start where you are because this program, as Harlan says, it isn't, a, it isn't for people who want it. It isn't for people who need it. It is for people who do it, and it is just action. As one of my sponsees says, it's action, 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 and we will help you. We love you. How can I say that? Love is not a feeling, it is an action. And people show their love in this program every day by taking people's hands and working this simple spiritual toolkit with them and helping them recover just as my sponsor did me. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Debbie M. Wendy M. followed by Kathy G. Uh, yes, good morning. It's Wendy M. Recovered in Colorado. And Sylvia, thank you for your service and really appreciate the shares today. They're fantastic. Um, and I thank God for the absence I had this morning. So first I want to just focus in on this. Um, they, will prove, they will try to prove themselves exceptions to the rule. And that wasn't just the case with me and being a compulsive overeater. Um, that's the case for me in my life, right? Rules don't apply to me. And I can make my life up as I go. And I can make up the rules as I go. And it was so extreme in terms of rules not applying to me. God, I was in so much self-deception that I wouldn't even open up my mail. Like I wouldn't open up my bills, my tax statements. Yeah, that didn't apply to me. That applies to you guys. But um, gravity doesn't apply to me. The rules don't apply to me. And I tried to live my life like that for a very long time. So this self-deception um, experimentation, because I just wanted it way, right? I just wanted to control and run the show, terrified to actually experience gravity. Didn't want to do that. you know. And then it says, what are the methods we've tried? And I love this page and I love this chapter. It's like, how do they know? Are they like following me around? Like, how do they know that I did all of these things? Um, and it's, for me, it's all, what can I get away with? You know, so of course, protein only, liquids only. If I got a tan that would actually adjust your eyeballs and you would see that I'm skinny now. So getting a tan, tan would do the trick. Um, powder only does the trick. Tummy tucks do the trick. Um, on and on and on. And somebody said so brilliantly today, that would fill up my entire day. That fills up my entire life, those thoughts, all these thoughts. 
What can I do to control it? You know, and it wasn't just the food, right? I, it's like my, my rules were like, well, I'll only lie on Saturday and I'll only blame my mother at night and I'll only manipulate my friends during the weekends, you know? So it's not just the, the actual disease, the food itself, right? It's how I treat myself and other people, you know, and this program has shown me that. Um, and I want to say too, finally, that I don't have to be thinking about all these different ways to do it because I'm entirely abstinent. And what happened when I got entirely abstinent is that I got neutral. So I didn't have to think, how can I, what are my methods? How can I control this day? Um, you know, and I don't have to make up rules today. I don't have to do that because I have clear cut directions that tell me, follow this. Don't think, don't think, get out of your head. Follow this, take these actions. And the first action for me was putting the food down, being entirely abstinent. And as I said, I got neutral. And with that, I don't have to deceive, right? Like it's just, if you are in the food still, it is so much harder for me to be in the food. It's exhausting than to be entirely abstinent. And that neutrality also uh, has to do with how I treat other people as well. Am I neutral with manipulation and blame? Am I neutral with lying? You know, where am I at with all of that? And I have a 10-step every day um, to keep me clean. So I just want to say that um, I'm very grateful today. And I love, I think it's hilarious. These methods are so funny and so real and so true. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Wendy M. Kathy G. Good morning, everyone. It's Kathy G. And thank you so much for your service, everyone. Uh, grateful to be here today and welcome to all the newcomers. Um, Kathy G. from Illinois, uh, fully conceded today to the fact that I am a real compulsive overeater. I'm a real bulimic. I, I can no longer deceive myself or experiment with sugar or things that look like the things that were sugar that I used to eat, but supposedly didn't have real sugar in them. How many times did I do that? And how many times did I make myself so physically ill from fake foods? I can't even tell you. I think fake foods made me sicker than um, sugar, really, when I think about it now. But when I was listening this morning, I thought to myself, what? What happened here? What is the difference? Because I just really want to offer hope to the newcomer. And for those who have been chronic relapsers and for those who cannot seem to find their way to abstinence, as I read this, I thought the difference today for me is that I am not fighting this. I am not trying to control my food. And I know that might sound confusing to someone who's new, but to me, it's control versus surrender. And I'm reminded again of this old hymn that was called, I Surrender All. It wasn't I Surrender Some, which is where I lived for 27 years, or even I Surrender Most, but I really have to surrender all today. But the beauty is, is that I'm doing it joyfully and willingly and receiving great comfort and blessing as a result. 
as I push through, it's not very comfortable at all. But now the first thought that comes to my mind when I'm restless, irritable, or discontent is it's time to call somebody, either a newcomer or somebody in the program that I respect that I need to learn from, one or the other, and probably both. But just so grateful for everyone who's made this meeting possible. It's changing my life every day. And I just want to offer hope to those who are still suffering. There is a solution here. Just take it. Call, call, call. I'm happy to help. And uh, that's it, I guess. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy G. And this is Sylvia F. I'm going to slip in just for a second uh, before we close the meeting. And this paragraph on page uh, 31, I'm going to time myself too, uh, says, despite all we can say, many who are real alcoholics are not going to believe they're in that class by every form of self-deception and experimentation. And the self-deception was the important part because nobody else was looking. I thought everybody was looking, so I had to sneak everything and go to all kinds of uh, lengths to try and make sure that nobody knew why I weighed so much. Um, and so that self-deception, you know, this is a program of honesty. And so I can no longer deceive myself as part of my um, recovery. But the thing also is, is anyone who's showing the inability to control his drinking can do the right about, about face and drink like a gentleman. If, if someone can, they just don't have our disease. So great, lucky them. But then this last line says, heaven knows we've tried hard enough and long enough to, to um, drink like other people. My sponsor had me change the word all throughout this uh, page 30 and 31 from drinking to thinking. So heaven knows we've tried hard enough and long enough to think like other people. And for me, that was the problem. And it's still the problem. And so if you're new out there, yeah, we're crazy. You, you know, you're among some great crazy friends. But we have the steps, and so what happens is I identify that that's a crazy thought, and I don't have to act on it. And that's where the freedom and the neutrality comes from, um, my crazy thinking. There is a medication for it, and I take it daily, and that's the steps and being on the line with all of you. And with that, I pass, and I am going to uh, put my moderator hat back on. So thank you uh, to everyone who has shared. Thank you to Team Tuesday. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Sherry KB please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.